Welcome to Heavy is the Crown. We are the official, unofficial recap, deep dive, dissection. We're going to figure this thing out together. Podcast, companion podcast for Bel Air, which is the reimagined. Come on now. They already know what it is. If you don't know, welcome. My name is Marquise Davon. Keese, this American Negro. Do not call me Mark. I don't bang with it. Please don't. I am one of two amazing, lovely hosts on this podcast. I am also joined by the wonderful Skip. Skip, tell him, tell him who you are. Yes, my uh, my aim, like as we had to like get the roles because he's more organized than me. I'm just a little zany. <laughs> so uh, we're gonna actually give full names because this is a pro- like a project I really care about. So my full name is Howard Skip Nedrick Jr. Right. So I know on uh, social media, especially Twitter, I have the AI face on Twitter. I will never change it because I don't need y'all calling me ugly on the on the interwebs because y'all mean, <laughs> but. We are ready to <laughs> we are ready to do a deep dive on this show that uh, me and Keith love on uh, Bel Air. I think we are one of the few like diehard like Bel Air high people. And I've been thinking because you know me and uh, me and Keith we work. I was about to call you by Devon. I was like so many names. We are. I know it's a powerful name. Uh, but we work on so many of our own like podcasts and. I have like two. So I was like, imagine number three. It's like, if I'm going to work on it, it had to be something that I really care about. So I was like, I want to work on Bel Air. And then I said that out loud, right? I said that out loud, y'all. And Keith was like, if you're serious, I'll do this with you. And I was like, you know, it's funny enough. Actually, the person I was wanting to do this podcast with. So it was like, you know, manifestations. There was like only one person that I can see that I could like talk like Bel Air with it when it comes to like what we've seen from actually season two so obviously you're staying, staying on season one to like get to season two but there's a lot of growth in this series and i i see some really good potential with it long term um so that's what brought us together and i mean that's not the only thing because we we both are creators that kind of like admire each other from a distance so this is one project that's that we brings us together this is my virgo brother and i'm a moon virgo so we are really on point oh. with trying to be timely with it you know what i'm timely. saying trying to be Efficient. timely with it <laughs> okay let's do it let's do it <laughs> all right so um, for those, for some reason, if you don't know what Bel Air is, quick breakdown. This Please is like a reimagining down. of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air that was at that time featuring like the likes of Will Smith. Um, I know, damn, I should have took my notes on the OG because I only had notes on the, the new brand, but uh, James Avery, I remember that name, rest in peace, Uncle Phil. Um, who played Carlton? He's the one that likes white women. Alfonso. Alfonso, <laughs> just being outlandish. Um <laughs> And we had two on Vivs, and actually, wow. while while we talk about it, um, that was a I think that went for like five, six seasons. Let me double check. I think it did, um, and I really imagine mm-hmm. this this one going for much longer. So, Fresh yeah. Prince of Bel Air, six seasons, six seasons. So, yep. um, and we kind of saw this Will Smith character grow from like you know high school, college, and post college. Um, before the actual character Will Smith became like a, a megastar. So in this reimagining, we kind of get gritty with it, uh, with, you know, this is not no fresh face, like jokester. This is a guy that's going oh. through, grew through the trenches of, of Philadelphia, Philly. So Keith, as a person, 
Yes. That is a PA, you know, you know Philadelphia. It's always good to start off with a person that is a real team, a person from friendly we towns. Here. We are so, here. So you should start us <laughs> off, bro. Like when you got to hear, when you first got to hear like this show was being made, like how excited were you for it? Bro, it was on um, Twitter, I think is when I first saw that the show was being made, but it had come from the clip that Morgan yeah, that, that put trailer, out. Yeah. yeah, and the trailer was fire. I was like, okay, hold on. It's not like you're trying to like recreate the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. You weren't trying to do any of this. And for me, I I like something that's a little darker uh, when it comes to themes and whatnot. And so once I saw this, I was like, okay, I'm interested. I'm excited. I just like that he just put the idea out there. Will Smith was just like, yeah, I like this. Let's let's get into it. Um, and so, yeah, when I first saw it, I was like, okay, this is going to be fire. Once I saw that it picked up from the trailer. And then when I saw like, what they were doing with it i said oh we're getting a little mature with our themes here this one is and fresh prince of bel-air had mature themes in it but i think they're like having a real focused idea on a couple different ideas and i, I won't get far too far into it because i got i got my notes y'all i got my yeah, notes. We got our notes but just <laughs> jumping off of what Keith said i feel like we're going from the original with the fresh prince it was it was comedy first like drama and serious tone second and mm -hmm. this is reverse. This is more drama first, and it'll have funny uh, like elements in like in between certain scenes, certain characters, certain transitions. Mm -hmm. So I think, especially when you're doing a reboot, you don't want to see the same thing, right? And I think when it comes to this, we can start off with how well like, I think the cast has been casted in yeah. like just all shades of like chocolate, right? All shades of just greatness. I think mm -hmm. it's something that we can start off with, Keeks. Yeah, yo, I this cast fire. Excuse me. I think like one, I was already like a fan of Coco Jones before she even got casted. And so seeing her being played as Hillary, I said, okay, they switched it. You know, mm -hmm. they said, I have dark skin Hillary. We love to see the switch. And like um, a light medium skin, Ashley. Ashley. Yeah. 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 So I was like mm -hmm. interested because I was like, oh, this is a very like dark skin family, which was the like very obvious choice. Um, but I think like Will was casted perfectly because the person who plays Will. He is actually Jabari Banks is from Philly. So that was real dope to have that space. Aunt Viv is easily just one of my favorites. So we'll get into that later on. But I think it was casted perfectly. Um, and Jeffrey, I said, whoa, bro, you a hitman? What's going on? You mean, here? You mean bro? You mean bro? My bad. Yeah, my bad. Bro. From the things from the ends. Bro. <laughs> like yeah, they had so to that... keep it with the accent. They was like, but Crazy. this is different. I, I think the Jeffrey that we had in um Fresh Prince, he was more like, you know, he was like a laid back serious dude. Like this is, this is a different type of laid back serious dude. He's like, I'm not with the I'm not with the games, you know? And I think he he shows it in like the first two episodes when we see him. It's just like I already can see like the relationship dynamic building mm -hmm. and um with the the whole family. And of course, Will is kind of like new to the family. So it's like they already have like a, a formula. Facts. And it's looking to how Will disrupts the formula before they reorganize the formula together so it's something that's right. going to be interesting with word choices and stuff like that so um oh, yes. we love the cast yeah how, how are you how about, about the music? no i love it i think for me it's important that we didn't just um show one particular type of like mm -hmm. complexion because you know how yeah. black is black is just beautiful in all shades so i right. feel like from the color spectrum if we're looking at everybody we have like ashley's a little bit She's like like light skin, medium skin. Like Jabari, mm -hmm. who's playing Will, is he's kind of caramel, so he's not like light skin, yeah. but he's like more in the brown skin area. Uh, so Uncle Phil, Aunt Viv, they're both like milk chocolate. 
Carlton is more of a deeper chocolate. He's like probably like the, and I think that's an important thing when it comes to colorism and we get to yep. those topics in like the upcoming episodes. Um, Coco Jones is like milk chocolate, dark chocolate. Um, Jeffrey is really a rich chocolate, especially if he's supposed to be representing like the UK, like Jamaican kind of like flair. Um, yep. And then when we get to like the other people, like Lisa and other like supporting characters, it's just a good blend of color. Cause I think, I don't think anybody should be upset, you know, with how balanced, in my opinion, we have with the colorism, because that's going to take like their character arcs to how they're treated and stuff like that. Nah, facts. I think you like named that perfectly because I think it like speaks to specific dynamics too. Even with like Vi and um, Aunt Viv too, I think is like a super interesting dynamic to switch up too. Because we did not look at each other's notes, everyone. So nope. we didn't look at each other's notes. So to me, in this first episode. It's the dynamic between King and Prince. Yeah. So like it's it's something that's just it's hammering in the first episode. And I think when we were kind of going through this rewatch together, it's something that we pay attention to the usage of King, who runs the town, who runs the city, and who is like of royalty. So when we're seeing Will, he's really confident, right? He's coming in, he's hanging with his bro, you know, they're playing around, they go to play basketball, game winner, which is if you don't play player like love basketball guys. A game winner is like one of the few moments that like a person just feels like they're on top of the world. That's like a king thing. You you led your people to like the mountaintop off of some type of heroics, right? So again, this is like, I'm the man of the city. So the I think the song choices that I wrote down was J. Cole, No Role Models, no role models. And so like that. And they had, of course, they were trying to lose that Uncle Phil thing. Mm -hmm. um, Freeway, what we do featuring Jay-Z. And of course, ironically enough, Freeway is the coach of the, uh, of the <laughs> team. I was like, ah. So uh, I think that's me just starting off with that. I, I literally wrote in my notes, a true Philly opening. When it comes to the who is the bull, because, you know, if you don't care about Philly saying you should, the bull of the city. Um, it's like so the it's West Philly goats, the West Philly the goats. West Philly goats, you know. And I think um, we, we see like a really healthy dynamic at this time of Will and Trey when it comes to this, their life, when it comes to ball, right? So, you know, my Philly, my Philly, my, my PA bruv, like, you know, how do you feel about this? Did you get you charged up when you kind of like saw like the opening sequence? Yeah, yo, cause I, well, first, like the off rip, I like that on the episode, they started off with like a real artistic choice. Like immediately with no role models, it had the seat, it had Will in the chair, it had him like, there is that theme of like him wearing the crown. You see how they use the theme heavy as the crown. He was wearing mm -hmm. it in the beginning, right? You see what we did there? But I like that they decided to choose a little bit more of like an artistic way to like represent who Will is at that time. And then when we get into like his realities, he's that all-American kid. Like he's great at school, honor roll, the premier basketball player. But when I saw them on 59th and Market, I was like, oh, I work right by there. <laughs> so like, I'm looking at some stuff and I'm just like, oh, I walk by this place all the time. So for them to really like capture the L, which is the train here in Philly, for them to be able to capture um, the authenticity of Market Street, I think was real fire. And so for me, I was just like, the characterization, the setting is really dope. Do I think they kind of overuse drawing a little bit? I said, well, now we don't say it all the time, right? <laughs> but well, this is why you are you are a vital piece of this because you know yeah. I feel like sometimes as a person that doesn't use the word drawn, I don't think they had to use the word drawn as much. But I'm not I'm not a Philly person, so I'm glad you got to say it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry, I got you. Um, but yeah, yo. So I think like I really appreciated like seeing the dynamic of everybody within like the first scene. And really seeing like his connection with his boy because that's also really Philly. Like 
when you are in your block, you know your four block radius. And so when they are talking about that, I'm just like, yeah, they're showing to me. And this is, I think I'll get into it from a more technical side, but like I was watching at how the camera was operating this time around when I was watching these introductory scenes. And I'm just like, everything is like close knit. There's a warmness within the community. Even the um, grandma across the street telling them to stop playing, to get to school. Yeah, yeah. Stop, playing, guys, stop playing with yourselves and go to school, do something productive, yeah. you know? But that's real, right? And so these are like conversations that are being had. So I think when I looked at that, I was like, oh, this is like a warm, rich tone, but like, it's also dark too. And so I'm just like, this is interesting on how they talk about, they represented Philly through the direction, the camera direction as well. So off rip, these first couple scenes, I said they represented a lot by not having to say too much at all. I will say just to add into what you said, because like you said, he is an All-American, but I think in class, because it's paying attention to the crown, everyone. So I know you said he was wearing a crown at the open sequence, but during class in one of his notebooks, he was drawing a crown, right? So everything is like, he was drawing a crown in his notebook. So it's like, we're, they're really trying to like really dig into this whole, like what does he feel when it comes to his ego and his pride? Because every character storyline, especially what we're seeing from this first, from for this first episode, it's kind of like a pilot, right? We're seeing how important their ethos is from like this, this first episode to the last uh, episode of the season and like how important we understand like their character DNA. So mm-hmm. since it's like the first person we see before we see the uh, the Banks family, like he's heavy into his pride, he's heavy into his ego, and he's heavy into the quality like he knows his value, right? Mm-hmm. And he knows that he's like really good at what he does. And that could be, you know, plus and minus that we'll see. And it's just for him, he's heavy into like, I need the people to love me and I need the the, 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 the town to respect me. So I think when we're, when we're thinking of these things, it's like, I wrote, Will is a definition of West Philly energy, right? He is that bravado. He is that in your face kind of like machismo. And uh, I think he is like a person that is like a, a big fish in a medium sized pond. Like Philly is, is, a, is a major city, but compared to other major cities, it is not as big as major cities. It's like a mid-sized big city, right? Like you can really cover it really fast. Now, nah, low-key, I think we're like the third or fourth largest city in this country. Well, you really are? Yeah, no, we're a big city. It's a big city. But I will add, it's a big city with a small town feel. Okay. Because <laughs> I wasn't trying to like minimize it. I said mid-sized. No. I wasn't trying to call it small. No, 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 like- no. But it's like, it's surprisingly larger than what people will like imagine it to be, especially in like a Pete in Pennsylvania. But yeah. like, yeah, yo, it, what I will say is like, every once I moved to Philly and I like understood the DNA of it, I said, everybody is just like one person or two people removed from knowing everybody. And so it's like a weird moment where you're just like, is Philly that really that big? Because it, it culturally does not feel big, but it's numerically big. <laughs> all right, we got we to gotta stop the people from doing the Philly slander because I've been to Philly, but I haven't been to all parts of Philly. I've been on like Market mm. Street, but it's just like, thank you for that correction, my brother. Ain't so no um, after we get the game winner, of course, we're going to do like a, a pretty prominent like uh, Philly rapper. Um, Meek Mills, his like kind of like his one of his biggest songs, one of his biggest songs ever is Dreams of Nightmare, right? So after they kind of like win, everyone's doing like an acapella version of like Hall of Wood a Minute. So that's the transition point of the song. I feel like sometimes it is getting to the point of being like a swag surf where people kind of get annoyed of it. Like hood men everywhere, no matter what your your ethnicity, you <laughs> will create a circle and you will start chanting as if you have all this money, right? So the whole wait a minute, y'all thought I was finished. So this is what the team is saying together. Um, 
there's a brotherhood that we see a, a lot in like the urban communities when it comes to sports, when it comes mm -hmm. to just coming together, doing these things. And this is like what Will loves because he's in the center of it. He's the one that's leading the charge. Yep. So I think we're doing like a slow build because there's a lot that happens in the first 10 minutes. And the reason why we're so hyper-focused on these first 10 minutes, because this is the, the, the last time we're going to really get to experience Philadelphia really? for, <laughs> for a while in, in this show, right? Um, we have a West Philly legend in this character, but this is, it's literally ripped from him. So I think that's the reason why we're kind of being methodical with that. And also, while we're heavily focused on him, the relationship, the relationship between Will and his mom is like another core, right? I think that's one of the cl closest people in his life because of like his non-existent relationship with his father um his mom does a quote and if you guys follow me on twitter i write this quote a lot and i so love that i get to say this on the podcast <laughs> um, on. she has a conversation with him like you know to his like west philly kingdom is like your crown is waiting as soon as you find the courage to wear it right so beginning of the episode he's wearing a crown right but that doesn't mean he's wearing it at that moment Mm -hmm. he's trying to earn this crown he's trying to like be on top he's also wanting to think about going to college close to his mom close to his his friends because he's just thinking i can't be too far away it's like a paid in full kind of like quote if anybody's seen that meme it was like if i leave the game are they still gonna love me right and right it's just like do, do, do we need to care so much about the city so i want to like throw it back to you yeah uh, throw it back to you what you got bro yeah bro like that to me i was like this is gonna be crucial because he is playing like there is a sense where like, I actually don't know anything else but Philly, right? I'm comfortable because I'm I'm up here regularly. And so because I'm up here, I'm gonna stay here as long as I can. So if I stay close to home, no matter what, people are gonna love me for what I left at my school, what I did with basketball when I was here. And also I have a close relationship with my mom. I don't know anybody else, right? I don't have that connection with anybody else. And so there's a safety and familiarity that I think Will has and it also takes it to a point of like, you don't have the answers right now either. Like Will is 16, I think, when we're introduced to him. Yeah, it's like he's and, in his junior year. Yeah. And so being 16 and having so much pressure on you, but also rising to the occasion on more times than one, right? There's also like that fear of just like, am I as good as I think I am outside of my four block radius, right? And so I like that like his mom was just like you need to find the courage to wear it and so i think it was just like this level of foreshadowing that continued to happen because even here i was paying attention to like the dialogue a lot more this time around and said hold on that was really foreshadowing everything because trey another voice that he trusts was like bro what if it all goes left and so when he said in there Will's just like, it's not going to go left. This is a third. Like, we're going to be good. I got a scholarship. Wait, I got wait. Before that, don't forget, because the reason why he says go left, guys, there's a person that comes oh, in, right? right? So if we're right. looking at the energy. If we're looking at the energy episode. Energy was like, it felt like a Disney Channel movie, right? Energy was yes. really good. We have a, we have our guy. We have his best friend. We have his mom. Everything's going. If you go like a, if you like a person that just sees color as like energy, it's a very kind of like bright, bright yellow. It's like, you know, it's a really. But then you meet this guy. And then the whole energy goes. The color left. sucks out of the. We scene. are no longer having a Disney Channel movie. <laughs> it is gone. We see um, what is his name? I forgot his name. Rashad. I had to write that down in bold. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jafar. No, it's not Rashad. It's um Darnell. Cause we see Rashad later. Rashad is yeah. the person that that's a big bad. But uh, Darnell is the one talking smack because he used to be on the team with Will and Trey, and then he went to the streets. Mm -hmm. A lot of time in uh, major cities. Um, yeah, any major city, West Coast, East Coast, down South, 
uh, you either, and this is unfortunate, is either you have really three pathways, right? You have academics, you have athletics, and you have the streets, right? Yeah. Um, and you're always in proximity to the other worlds, right? There's some people that are just heads down in the books. There's people that are athletes that are just in the gym. They're on the field. They're on like the, the turf doing whatever their sport is. And they're on the streets having to make money because like nine times 10, they might have to support their family. Right. They probably lose a loved one and they have to kind of like take on a mantle that they weren't equipped for or ready for. So with Darnell talking a lot of smack, I think he says something that's really, he comes out of nowhere. He says, Philly's his city, right? So remember, everything we're thinking about is Will Smith cities, Will Smith towns, Will Smith block. This is the first time someone else says this, right? So he says it, Will's energy is gone. He's like, what? Will is feeling away. He's like, you think you're better than me? So this is what goes. I'm going to throw it right back to Keith, right? We're going to throw it right back to him. Now, talk about it. Talk about yep. the energy. He's like, what if it goes left? And he's, and Will's like, he's got a big head. I'm the man on these streets, right? Yep. It's not he gotta go defend. Left, so. He got to defend his throne. He got to hold yeah. his crown. He got to keep the title, right? I don't want no other goofy coming in and trying to like tell me what I am and what I'm not running, right? And I was just like, oh, this is already like an interesting dynamic because it made me want to think like, all right, Darnell, what didn't you get that Will had, right? And so now it made me even think around like, what are these sets of choices that both have and have to take? And to me, in that moment right away, I was like, Will had a little bit more stability with his mom. I don't know Darnell's story enough to know what was going on, but they had similar paths and they ended up diverging. So even then, I think they're like, foils to each other because now it's like why did he rub you the wrong way is there is there a little bit of truth to what he said but you took the bait real quick and so now it goes back to not only just like the king it's your pride and your ego that now you need to have to make a choice for and now Trey's like yeah if this all goes left what happens right and so I think like that piece right there there's always like the super confidence that's going on on the outside for Will but then everybody else like the people on his shoulder are all just like do you have the courage to do it? Let me keep writing out. Let me keep drawing out this crown. What if this thing happens? Because right now, Will has everything, right? And so there's no reason that he needs to feel the need to like go and prove a point. But your street credit is also something that matters in this moment. And he, I have to remind myself, I'm like, yes, and he's 16. <laughs> he's just going to make some choices where I'm just like, bro, what? <laughs> but I understand because I've seen people make these choices because that's also respect. The court has a level of respect and that's a beacon of community as well. And so like, where do we go from here? So for me, I was just like, well, watching it this time around, I said, dang, bro, you didn't need to do it. You didn't need to do yeah. it. Like, trust me, we would have had our Disney Channel moment. He could have walked off. Trey would have just been like, and they would have went home. Will probably would have been mad. And then he would have went on with his life, right? But with every decision having like this kind of like divergent or like this kind of like detour to like will at some point again Philly is a really big city but in comparison to let's say uh New York and LA oh, like very different. it's very different like I think Philly is in like the and I don't want to like I'm not rude to any of you Philly people but you guys are in the beats here there are a lot of other cities that you guys know you're better than right mm -hmm. I think of Philly as a sibling city to New York and Chicago right so I think Chicago and Philly are like right there. Like, you know, it's not as like glitzy and glamorous, but there's a lot of good architecture. Like those cities, I love them. I'm not the typical New Yorker that I think New York is the best city. I think a lot of American cities are way better than the world because they suck. But <laughs> we have to think about, look, we could have just had a really easy story. Easy. 
the reason why Will, because he doesn't always believe it, because again, like what he said, um, 16, you're insecure. And you feel like, you know, when he's with his mom, all these girls like him. And this happened in front of these girls. It happened mm. in front of the people. And this guy flashed a gun. And he's like, he basically kind of sunned him, right? Yeah. As a man, come on. Like, I'm not going to, if I, I can't beat you with fists when you got a gun, but I will dunk on you. And so Will is like, I need to get my honor back. And I think when I wrote down here, I wrote down two things. Trey is a voice of reason. Will only cares about his rep, right? Yep. And then we kind of get to the battle where it's like, what is at stake, right? It's not even money at stake. I said Rashad before. So Rashad is like who Darnell works under, right? And he even alluded yep. to like the, to like Will and Trey, like, hey, I can get you working with Rashad. And it's like, we don't need that, right? This battle to me is similar in Black Panther, Black Panther 1, when it came to T'Challa and Killmonger, right? Oh. So the difference is Will never had to do this battle. He didn't have to. Like, he's already a winner. He's already king, mm -hmm. right? This is just another person who, in our eyes, Donnell is King Killmonger, right? He's just, like, really rebel energy. He's just, like, he's just trying to shake it up. And, you know, Will is T'Challa. Like, from his energy, from his, like, how he carries himself is a very regal thing. Yep. But he talks his shit, and he has to win this now. Now you the stakes are good because it's either you win and you win money. If you lose, you got to work for Rashad. And Rashad is also, I think he's played by like a Philly, a Philly local too. He's like a, I think he's like a DJ or like MC. I'll, oh, I'll do the research. That he's I actually did not a, know. He's uh, something I saw on Twitter when people were talking about that gentleman. So, wow, I'll throw it back to, or he's going to do some research because Rashad is a very prominent element of season one. So I'll kind of look that up for you real quick. Nah, that's smooth though. And I was not I yo, that Killmonger and T'Challa reference was fire. Cause I was not, I didn't even think about it like that. But the way you had put it, I'm just like, yeah, these are two similar paths and both can in well, not both can have the crown, but two of them both claim a crown. They both claim to be king of something or the prince of something. But in those moments, you're just like, all right, well, whose crown really is it? Who's like obligated to this crown do you feel the need to fight for this crown and that crown is your representation your crown is your um reputation is the better word and so i'm sitting there i'm just waiting i'm just like all right so now he took the bait and now somebody else is also brought into it and i think this is the other piece that i had realized it's just like will had to make a choice in that moment and his choice also included trey <laughs> and mm -hmm. Trey had to like go along with it too. And so that's another piece that I was thinking around and just like the choices that Will decided to take and the options that he had too. So like what choices did Will have in that moment? He could have walked away. He could have decided to just chalk in in that moment or he can also just go play. And so I was like, in that moment, he decided to go because playing meant that he get to kept, keep his reputation up to where it's at. So when we transition over here now um we're watching trey and will just before they get there trey goes into his book bag and he's like yo i don't know how tonight's gonna go for real for real and if it does go left i have protection on me no matter what because you know who we're whose territory we're going to it's late at night already and i thought that was just like an interesting commentary because i'm like damn will is the one who made the decision trey once again had to be reasonable in his mind because he knew what could happen and he's like trey's not dumb either yeah he had to be his knight so he, this is like ooh. um king Arthur. Yes. he had to be his lancelot right yeah so he had to think like bro you're not thinking so if you're not thinking i'm gonna have to do some thinking for us right now of course 
Will was like upset, but respectfully speaking, I travel with like pocket knives all over my body, like on some mm-hmm. James Bond stuff. Like I don't know where I'm going. I'm not gonna try right. to bring a piece to me because like what you carry kind of like escalates the situation. I just yep. have knives on me in different parts, just to be ready. Like you don't know where you're going into. So, but it's like everything that we see, every element, every item we see, there's a, it's it's a focal point because now we see this gun. We, you kind of know it's going to have to be used, right? So you right. see the situation. It's not like, oh, my God. Well, at least, no, they're going to have to use the gun. It's like, who uses the gun? Why they use the gun? And what escalates the situation, right? Yep. So we have the game between Will Smith and Trey and Darnell and I think a, a regular baller, right? Yep. And Will is killing Darnell. Darnell, is, he's too much on the block. He has no stamina. He's gassed. He is... Yep. <laughs> He had like the last sequence. <laughs> he was there was the last sequence. His boy's like sweating and we did a final crossover. You thought it was Mortal Kombat and it was like finish him and finish he him. was on the floor and he was just like he lost, right? So you know Rashad is made of his where he's gonna pay him. Also, I looked it up. The person that plays Rashad, his name is Easy to Block Captain. He's a battle rapper <clears throat> from Philadelphia, born and raised in Philadelphia. So for him to get this, that like, his only acting credit. So we're gonna we're trying, we're gonna always try to be sharing the facts with y'all so it is important to like how because again we're not going to see philly ever again after the first 10 minutes right so i think and this is something that in the writing that it's a slight critique right so when we get to this scene where darnell gets mad throws the ball at rashad and rashad kind of goes up we never and this is not even supposed to everyone's we never see darnell again we never see this guy again ever ever Ever. and i'm just like there's a little question that i have is like so first of all, the situation isn't really Will and Trey's fault, right? It's somebody that he isn't mature. He was never meant to hold the crown, right? So yep. again, I feel like if Will lost, he probably wouldn't have thrown a ball, right? He would have been like, all right, this is my L. But again, this is a very immature person. This is a person that doesn't know how to control the most. He can't lead. He goes up to the darkness. And also, that kind of shows the value of his character. Like, he goes into the darkness and nobody cares about this dude anymore. Like, it's just really the Rashad versus Will kind of like cold war that we have um but i find that interesting when i rewatch it again it's like i kind of knew he wasn't there again but when you're watching again and analyzing like this motherfucker just caused conflict and he left like a little child (laughs) and dipped but it was crazy because i think like even watching that reaction made me just think around like how impulsive every person is you had an emotional reaction your emotional reaction then caused so many consequences because one, you cannot own your decision. And then you got other people caught up right then and there, but you were able to get away with it. Because in reality, I said, why nobody opened their mouth? <laughs> I said, so ain't nobody saw he threw the ball? Like, at all. And so- like, trajectory-wise, that's, that was impossible. Like, yo, who did it? And he looks like, you was like, bro, that ball came from a different way. Like, I feel like that, again, I can't critique like the writers because, you know, for a lot of the storylines, and I think something that me and um, Keith have done and I, I don't think I'll do it for the first episode. I'll probably do it for the second episode. Like the star system that I have, mm-hmm. I'm not going to rate anybody off of the pilot episode because <laughs> we're just knowing these people and I'm not going to be harsh. But moving forward, I have a star system and we're going to go, I'm going to talk about it when we get to the end of it. Like, well, season two, like not season two, episode two. Because again, episode one, we're just giving you a breakdown of these people. Mm-hmm. I ain't going to be harsh because trust and believe there's a lot of people that, that deserves not that many high stars. And boy, when I tell you, nobody would get higher than four. Nobody. Okay. I said, nobody. You all kind of suck. I guess you're shady. Y'all not not (laughs) able to talk from your chest. So look, I think, and even though we're defending Will, Will does do something that's like, bro, why would you do this, right? So Mm -hmm. throw the ball. Rashad gets in their face. 
Will's like, bro, why you can't get buck with me? And he punches Rashad. This guy is like a hood dude. He punches him, and they start getting jumping Trey. So that's his boy, right? He's jump. They're yep. getting jumped Trey. So he had to think, what do we have? So what were we introduced to like a couple of minutes ago? Just oh, the dumb, gun. Dumb. So, the gun. Boy picks up the gun. What does he do, Keys? What What does that boy do? He shoots around in the air, and then had everybody scattering off, and then who was it? Rashad walked up to him. And he, he said, points a gun at Rashad. He said, "You better use it. You better use it." I said, bro. Now, what would a smart 16-year-old do? I shot in the air, probably wiped my principal because I watched him as power and, like, goddamn, like, snowfall and stuff. And in Look, my mind, we, I said, so you ain't have no gloves? You ain't have no rag, bro? I would have been like, bro, <laughs> I would have ran or, if anything, put it back in a book bag and just ran off. But, of yeah. course, this is not the story they wanted to tell us. They was like, we're going to do this for dramatic effects, right? So Rashad's mad. He's like, you better. And, of course, you know. Those two get caught, and those two, as in Will and Rashad, Trey gets away. So, and I think it's important, like all these little details of what happens, who gets it jumped, who's protecting who. Yep. At this point, Will and Trey are always going to have their back, right? Right. Now we get to the uh, holding, and was it a Friday? It was like a weekend because they said he, he shouldn't get out till Monday. It's like he didn't even see a judge yet. So he's in holding. Rashad's yep. looking at him. He's nervous as hell. He's crying, everything. He is crying. scared. He's like, bro, he is I am terrified. These people look nasty. They don't take showers. They Truly. Look, what is going on? And Rashad's sitting there staring at him, putting that gun to the head. He says, oh, it's over for you. It's over for you. He said, them tears ain't going to do nothing. <laughs> them tears ain't going to do nothing. Yeah. And I think that was, to me, once again, like somebody who has so much responsibility and has so much on his back, every decision you make matters. And so in that moment, it was just like, damn, bro, like you wanted to protect your friend in that moment. And at the same time, you had so many warnings before you got there. And so it Absolutely. makes you it makes you have to think like on Will's terms, too. It's just like, damn, your ego set everybody else up and disrupted so much. Right. And I think that once again, I think if I take it back to Darnell now, Will gets out. Right. And he's like, I don't know how you got out. And someone said, oh, he snitched. How are you getting out? What happened? Like, there's no way that you should be out in these moments. Right. And that was like the first instance where I said, damn, Will doesn't even recognize the privilege that he has. Mm-hmm. Once again, has been shown like there are a couple paths you have to take. And there are some people who have the resources and may not realize it. Will. And there's some people who just do not have those resources at all. Darnell, it's like the Rashad, uh, Rashad, and the Darnell, and everybody else. They were all talking, and, and it's how quickly, like, kind of like gossip plays into this, right? Yeah. Um. So you know, there's nothing worse than being called attention. Also, quick, like, quick pivot. Just mm-hmm. talk to all of us because we're all citizens, right? I'm not. I'm not a roadman. I do like Top Boy, right? And I put my name as Top Bruv Skip because I was watching Top Boy. I am not a gangster. If I see anything, I'm telling on y'all. I do not. The whole thing about snitching is if I do a crime with you. And if it's like a group or small group, it's like one other person. Mm-hmm. And I snitch on a person I did the crime with to get a lesser sentence. That is a snitch. It's not an informant, it's not anything. I am a regular citizen. I don't do anything legal. If I see you kill someone, I don't want you on the streets, right? So like this whole thing is like, first of all, now did Will punch someone? Yes. Did he shoot anybody? No. But did he have his prints on the gun? Yes. So like the only person he could be snitching on is like, himself right like he's not gonna like tell like trey where do you get the gun from like i don't know i just picked it up he can literally just say he's an unregistered gun he can literally nobody gets a show except him right 
So who would he tell on? He's going to say that the gun is Rashad. It's not like there's no prints of Rashad on it. So like those are the little things that are like because people are not privy to the information, like it doesn't make sense what you're saying, but you're saying something because again, what he said about the the privilege. And of course, Will's like, what are you talking about? I'm just going to go back to school. And it's like, bro, you are not going back to school. You are not playing basketball ever again in Philadelphia. It is, you're not seeing Trey no more. And he's like, what are you talking about? And also, I think we forgot to mention it. Before all this happened, his mom said she was working a double, right? Yep. So I even wrote this, like, once she said she was working a double, I was like, this is before we see Darnell. This is the slide she's aware. We don't, mom's protection is not there no more. She's basically working overnight, like, that day side into overnight. So she's probably not getting home until, like, early morning next day, like, 3, 4, 5 in the morning, right? So by the time she comes back into play to get him out, him, she being part of the reason she get, he gets out, like, she's driving him, and they're clearly not going home. And he's like, what is going on? They're not because I saw that Philly skyline. I said, oh, they're headed to the airport. They are headed to the air. And he's confused in the car because it took a little bit for him to register. He looked and saw that skyline. He says, that's not the way home. We're leaving. We're going away from the city. What's going on here? I saw the reaction. I said, wow, that's actually funny because I know that exact drive. And that, yeah. So it's like funny, like watching some stuff and then peeping like the facial expression. And this to me also just, and a quick side note, showed like the greatness that Jabari is as an actor because I was just like this direction was actually really well done and like that moment of realization and he was just like yo where are we going (laughs) and the mom had to get into his ass she goes I'm doing this to protect you and I'm also doing this for me and I think like those are the kind of moments where when you have the ability to make choices we can only give kids so many choices in these moments and the parent is always going to know best at the end of the day so will is still confused he is scared once again this is more unfamiliar territory and his mom has to talk to him like i'm sending you to bel-air you know based off your decision the consequence means you do not get to play ball in philly anymore you always have a target on your back now with rashad out there you're i gotta i don't want to bury my son right and so I think like one of it is like I was watching the mom operate out of fear, but also understanding what is best for her child in that moment. And I think Will had to like shut up too, like in that moment, because now he is quite literally watching everything he had quite literally go behind him. That's it. And so like what happens when now your entire world that you have crafted, that you have been the king of, it's no longer there <laughs> off of one decision that you decided to Bro, make an ego driven decision. Like, and we alluded to it. Like now we're at the, I think we're probably at the, um, I think the 15 minute mark. So now he, we're going West coast. Right. So we're yep. saying like these decisions have consequences and we're going from like, it's not even a, a seamless shift. It's a very jarring, quick shift from like it the moves. East coast swag to like the West, West coast kind of like vibe of like, you know, they're kind of like air and all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. So he's on a plane. And of course, he touches down. The first person we see is like the another like key character of the cast, and this is Jazz, who's mm-hmm. you know playing like kind of like real life Will Smith's best friend, DJ Jazzy Jeff, right? So Jazz is a uh, a driver in this in this series. So he's the one that's uh, picking him up. I'm not sure I didn't have to research it. I saw like an MF Doom figurine. I'm not sure if MF Doom has like Philly roots, but I feel like there's little subtle things and I might have to research it. Cause like, why would you like everything, especially now when you start analyzing TV shows and movies, 
everything is put around for a reason, right? You have to oh, yes. like, if you're shown something like, why am I, why would he have an MF Doom figurine, right? Of course he does later on, we see what his actual occupation is. We will talk about that in season two. So we're going to talk about Jazz's occupation, like what he actually does until like later on this season. But um, he isn't really in touch with music. That's just to mm-hmm. say the best way possible. So, but we're seeing in this car ride, like, like, Jazz is very good at kind of understanding someone's backstory as who they truly are. So he's yeah. basically doing like this game of, man, are you North or West? Now, Will is like, what the hell are you talking about? I'm not really trying to talk to you. He's like, I think you're from Philly, man. I think you're from Philly. Your energy is Philly. But I think you a West Philly West person, Philly. right? <laughs> and as soon as Will kind of like hears that, he feels some type of comfort. Because remember, he's he's literally ripped from his kingdom, right? Yeah. Now. I'm an analogy king, so I didn't even write this down, but this came naturally. Come on. This is like Simba from Lion King, and he's ripped from his kingdom. So right now he has to learn how to be a man outside the kingdom, right? This is the kingdom he grew up in, his dad, before his dad perished. We rule everything in the light, the dark, we leave that alone. That is not our stuff, we leave that alone. So look, Simba is now, he's in a new territory, he's with Timon and Pumbaa. And in this case, Jazz is kind of like both Timon and Pumbaa. He's like the voice of reason. And it's like, look, man, they do like the little pit stop and they look off the, the canyon. And it's like he just gives them the words of wisdom of like, don't let the city make you forget who you are. Who I had to write that down. Forget who important. you are and where you came from. Yeah, where you are, where you came from. Because, you know, when you're in like these major cities of like the L.A.s, the New York's, the Paris, the Tokyo's, the Hong Kong, a lot of these lights and stuff like that, it's cool. Until you kind of see the undercurrent, the underworld of these places, then you start to be something that you're not. So um, I just want to want to throw it back to you because I really love this introduction, introduction, not introduction, introduction of jazz, um, because he's going to be so important to to Will, especially he's not replacing Trey. He's a different version of like Trey. He's like a West Coast Trey for Will. West Coast. So, yeah, just throwing it back to my co-host. What do you think about this introduction of jazz? Man color right away i said oh this light blue car this is ease going through the crowd like as soon as we get to the scenes of everything i'm just like there is like a old schoolness freshness about jazz that i was like this just feels like the west coast i don't really fuck with the west coast like that i think them niggas over there are just a little weird but (laughs) respectively 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 yeah i like the east coast swag that comes along with it um but i love the introduction because for me jazz invited color into will's life and this is where for me technically speaking i said oh y'all brought in like saturated like bright colors like when we were in philly it was warm it was close here but there's like a wide shot that they use when they introduce jazz when they're in the car and i'm just like this is the world this is the world that will does not know and jazz is like a cooler person so for them to even introduce that and for Jazz to be his first introduction to the West Coast, I thought that was just powerful because he was also able to once again foreshadow, which I think is actually the theme of the entire season is like, don't forget who you are and where you came from because the city is going to try and do that for you, which translates to every other character. And we'll get that throughout the rest of this episode, especially episode two when we get to that. But (laughs) I think... I love the introduction of jazz. The swag is crazy, um, but there's more to him that meets the eye. And so mm-hmm. when they're drive, when they get back and they start driving to where they're at, I think jazz is a great narrator as well to like the dynamics that Will's not familiar with either. 
And so both of them are just like looking at this world because even when he pulls up, he goes, I didn't know your relatives was white. <laughs> so like that's like off of like the assumption of like there's typically not a lot of kind of like black families in that neighborhood that Jazz is driving him to. So when he sees him, he's like, remember, he said at a certain price, he's like, he upped it. And he got hustled. You got hustled when you hustle. He's like, Look, all right, this, this is like, a, it's 150. He's like, I don't got it. I'll just get the money. And he's like, all right, I'm going to be right here. I'll pay by the minute. You know, you got, I, so when he saw him, he's like, I think it's a, I think it's a calm 200. You know what I'm saying? Calm 200. <laughs> get your money. You no, know, Jeffrey, Jeffrey didn't say a lot, but he said enough. He, he like hits his teeth. He's like, I'm get out of here. You know what I'm saying? Like he's like this man is trying to trying to swindle me, but I don't have it. I don't have time for this because I had to get you know my my the family that I work for like their kind of like nephew into here. So I'm not even going to deal with this, right? right? And of course, there's going to be a, a certain not duality but dynamic because we're going to see Will, Jazz, Jeffrey, and Uncle Phil in the is seen very quickly later on and it's gonna be very funny but it's gonna be like you're gonna see like this rapport that we're building with the family and and jazz being added to just like oh this this family is gonna be jokes it's gonna be jokes Mm -hmm. so we enter the house yep and will has his first taste of being in a in a class system that he's not used to right yeah so he's carrying his bag and then jeffrey reaches for his bag and of course from an east coast end it's like why are you reaching for my bag like don't who are you stuff, bro. and then he says idris elba and he's like oh yeah original you know and then his aunt's like you can give your bag to jeffrey now of course he trusts his aunt his aunt is a a west philly jean she is yes, literally she is. A philly jean, you know um yeah she she needed that energy and she was like so that's him understanding he's a new dynamic and pretty much everyone here cares about him yeah. in different degrees we're gonna learn in those different degrees really okay. soon but jeffrey's really quickly like one of the people that is going to be like team will all the way like he's going to yep. be like i see something in him and i want to protect him so yep. um i want to throw it back to you how did you feel about that introduction of jeffrey and of course aunt Viv because they're like the first banks family members we see yeah yo um that intro to jeffrey i like that they even switched it up too they said oh he's the house manager is mm-hmm. he wasn't the butler he was a house manager and so already i was like signal a class right there but also like to understand jeffrey for who he was during the show i said you know in my mind, <laughs> I was like, maybe it's like a British tendency. And for me growing up, I said, is Jeffrey a little gay? I don't know. And so like definitely a little bit more docile, a little bit more like he was definitely like the shady one of the bunch. And I said, all right. So they took a spin on how they're utilizing Jeffrey. I said, OK, he's <laughs> that man's a hitman. I don't care what nobody says. I said he moves like a hitman. <laughs> so that was like the first piece when I got to see him. And then when we enter into the house and we get to see Aunt Viv, the first thing I'm looking at, honestly, is like all of the Black-owned art in the house, but also the very hard switch of direction. When they enter the Bel Air mansion, everything is symmetrical. I said, oh, man, they are all oh, yeah. working together. Every, every scene, whether it was a two-shot, there was something in between them. There was like the gate at first was in between him and Jeffrey. You open the gate, you go into it separate. You walk into the house, him and Aunt Viv, he walks into the house, the door, two sides. You got two choices. The only thing that was asymmetrical, and this is me just getting a little detail oriented. There is one side that is red that has two people, two people in the image. And the other one that is blue with one person in the image and so now it's like a just an interesting dynamic on like that was the asymmet- asymmetry that was happening. 
But when we get there to Aunt Viv, it just clicks. Because she is able to just be like, that's that West Philly swag that I miss so much. And to me, that's the first signal of just like, did you assimilate <laughs> into this world? Because I'm just like, if you miss it so much, like, why haven't you seen Will? If you miss it so much, why haven't you been to uh, Philly in so long? And so I was like, just so much in that quick interaction was so fascinating to me. But then I think the part that got me was like, Will was a very obvious like juxtaposition to what was going on right now. He's coming in in basketball shorts. He's coming in a hoodie. Meanwhile, they're having a big ass party. And he's like, oh, I just want to go get some food. Da, 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 da. And Aunt Viv hesitates. She's just like, uh, I don't know. So I think like that introduction between both of them signaled like the rigidity that Will was going to start facing as soon as they got into it because Jeffrey is a signal of the class that the family holds because you're just like, why are you touching my stuff? Um, Viv is just like, it's just a big old party. It's your uncle's um, fundraiser for him being uh, uh, a district attorney. Yeah. And so I was just like, okay, this is already like an interesting dynamic because they don't know how to navigate around Will just yet. And there's just like an unspoken reality there. Yeah. And so I think there's like an uneasiness that I'm appreciative of, of the characters. But I think that way that they filmed it showed like the house was a space of stability and equity in a sense. And I'll just, I'll come back to that later. No, we will. Cause I think we'll see, we're seeing something of like, their house is like the example of like an upper middle class, upper class, like, like household, right? So mm-hmm. this is like super buttoned up. They're like you said, I didn't even write down the word uh, symmetrical, but it's, it is evident. Like everything is just planned to a T. And even looking at their room. So this is when we have Hillary Banks coming in, AKA, mm-hmm. well, not AKA, played by um, Coco Jones, the lovely Coco Jones. So she comes in with such a bravado, such an energy that ma- is to match the uh, original of like, you know, how she carries herself, just big energy, big vibes, yep. big smile. Um, I think the difference was, I think OG Hillary wasn't like, she was more of a fashionista. And I think this Hillary is more of like, she, she's a chef. She's chefing it up, right? Yep. So we're seeing her on live and she's showing her cousin, showing her the place. And of course, cousins have an interesting dynamic. No matter how long you haven't seen each other, it's going to be an instantaneous like, oh, I, I miss you. Let's get you acclimated. Let's try to get you into it. And of course, a little parting shot at uh, Carlson for never getting his growth spurt. So basically, Will gets to inherit this big, huge, like rich ensemble of clothes that Carlson is never gonna wear because he's, he's a certain hype man, he's a certain hype man, right? So we see him kind of like go through a, an adjustment of he's wearing clothes that is acceptable for the party, but he has to add his own flair, right? Yep. So because typically, you know, suits you wear dress shoes, but this is Will. We are not gonna be doing that. We're gonna be wearing fly, I think it's Nike Blazers he was wearing. Yeah, the Nike so, Blazers. Yeah, he typically wears something either Jordan-related, Nike-related, or something. So it's, like, heavy on the Nikes, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, like, really, I think he was wearing, like, a salmon, salmon, like, a, kind of like a, a peach-like suit, Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. It's a little, yeah. little uh, salmon, kind of a faded red type situation. Yeah. yeah and yeah, I yeah. think the Blazers were, like, um, it was, like, white with gray elements, and I think it had a light blue check, right? So we're going into our GQ bag. It's mm-hmm. very good compliment, right? Because I think those are there's very few sneakers that you can get away with wearing with the suit that it didn't look tacky. Yeah. So he's still able to add 
the West Philly swag to who he is. He's not like, I'm just going to accept everything y'all throwing at me. He's like, absolutely not. Like, right. I'm going to take this suit and I'm going to make it look like me. Um, also, I had to write this down too. Um, when he meets oh. uh, Hillary, she calls him a prince. Yeah. What are you going to say? No, 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 no. I actually had something separate that I wouldn't throw it, throw it. But I was just going to say real quick, like, I'm going to dress you like a prince. So that's what I wanted people to pay attention to. He was a big man of the East Coast city. But in this new city, he's now he's been kind of like demoted to a smaller rank. So, like, just keep in mind with the word choice over this. I'm going to throw it back to my coach. What you had? Uh, the idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, because this is where I, I had to go back to my note real quick. I said, I know I missed something real quick. Um, He had when he was talking to Jeffrey, when they had first met too, they had referenced like, who do they prefer as basketball players? And so he looked and said, AI. And yeah. he was like, I'm a Kobe person myself. And so I said, all right, mama mentality. I know that was like super important for us growing up, but I remember growing up, AI was important to us growing up because- yep. East Coast is AI, West yeah. Coast is Kobe. Right. And so I was like, oh, already. I was like, there's differences on like how they're moving. But I remember growing up in AI- because of him going into basketball and wearing the straight backs, they everybody looked and said, this ain't professional. This ain't what this should be looking like. This isn't what this is. And so I think for me, AI is very symbolic of who Will is now in this current space and is like a thematic person because now it is like, you expect me to be one way and have to adjust, but I'm also going to like maintain my individualism. So he kept his braids. He kept wearing the baggy clothes. He kept wearing hip hop culture on him, AI. And so when we see Will also decide to get into that suit, he's also still keeping part of him that's most authentic. So AI also represents a symbol of like anti-establishment and respect. Anti-establishment, anti-culture. Yeah. yeah. Versus, and when Will comes in, he's just like, all right, I can't forget who I am, which goes back to what um, Jazz. I Jazz guess had said. Thank mm -hmm. you. Appreciate it. Jazz had said around, like, they will try to make you forget who you are. And so, yep. like, once again, we are now seeing, like, this tension of, like, who you are and who you're supposed to be just representative in these clothes that he decides, that he wears, that Hillary dresses, dresses him up in, right? And so she's even serving as a stylist, which, wow, I'm putting this together now. So as she is dressing him up, specifically going to use those words for the prince he's to be, he once again is kind of like putting on this facade and like, this is not who he actually is to his core, mm -hmm. which I, I don't want to get too ahead, but it makes me think around like how this family fully operates, specifically Carlton and Uncle Phil in this episode. Yeah, because we're, we're, I think with us having finished like the first two seasons and we're going to probably have some time between the next season because this is what us doing season one and season two, right? We're seeing like the dynamic of what optics looks like in not only just the family, but their presentation to other people mm -hmm. and how how fixated they are on making sure that they look on point all the time and, yep. and how it, it affects each of the kids and also the dynamic between the uh, the married uh heads of households right yep. so i think what I, I wrote down too like so when we have will enter the party and then he runs into lisa who is a very very interesting character because of like what her character represents and how it creates extreme ripples because of how it affects will and the banks family right and what i do like about um lisa is that she isn't your because Lisa's character in the 
OG was was it Nia Long or was it was it uh, was it um, Banks? Not Banks. Um, woman that didn't America's Next Top Model, Tyra Banks. She I don't know who is Lisa in the OG Fresh Prince. I think it's Nia Long, and I, I think we, so. The reason why I think it's important is that all right. Uh, no matter what you like in the world, you have to understand that Neil Long is one of the top tier, <laughs> top tier black women that just look great, right? So she has like a typical, not a typical, like a very standard like thought process of what is attractive for black women. And I think when it comes to like what we're trying to be more conscious of when it comes to body identity and when it comes to like the things of body shaming, um, Lisa is like a... a, a It's all natural body. Yeah, I was gonna say it I didn't want to say it is like a it's like a I don't want to say southern, but like a southern belle in like a west coast city. Like she's yep. literally like she's not trying to be like these genres, like taking drugs and trying to be skinny. Like she fits her clothes great, she looks great, and I think it's really healthy for us to have love interests that don't have like this whole super anorexic skinny type of thing or this super marvel thing yep. of like people just freaking working out and looking like artificial superheroes. Mm. I think what's important is we're making her look like a girl that we can see in our, our neighborhood because she is supposed to be a girl we see in our neighborhood. Yes, that you named perfectly named too. I think because Lisa also um, represents, oh shoot, I'm a, she Did says it, it later in the episode. Huh? Do we skip it? Oh no, 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 we didn't skip anything. Okay. But I was talking around like a follow-up conversation that she had with Will because he had assumed so much about who she was oh the, the beach conversation so we can say that later yeah yeah we'll save that for later then but i appreciate how you were able to like just put all of that together because even just simply looking at her i said she does not fit the mold of anybody else at this party and i think that she is a space of familiarity for will because he doesn't have to perform with her when they off rip like when they first meet there's no performance he's thinking yo i think you're fine this is dope who are you i'm lisa and then who comes in? No, no, no. Before we bring in, before we bring in the cousin, we have to remember his conversation with how he met Lisa, right? He goes to the chef. Doesn't even know. He's like, yo, Ak, can I get a Philly cheesesteak with this and this and this on it? And Lisa's like, salt, pepper, ketchup, hot sauce. Do you know that Ak is one of the top, like, three top five chefs in LA? And he's like, well, if he can make a Philly cheesesteak, that, that's great. Because for him, all these titles and all this stuff doesn't matter. Like, can you make me a good Philly cheesesteak? I don't give a crap if you went to the, the best chef school. If you can't make a Philly cheesesteak, it doesn't matter. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's like, what, what are we here for? So I think when we're kind of like having that dynamic of she, she knows how to banter, like the East Coast mm -hmm. banter. I'm not sure what West Coast banter is. I haven't been there long enough. But I know East Coast banter, it's the same to me. Well, I'm not counting Boston. It's always called Boston. Um, <laughs> New York, Philly, <laughs> New York, Philly. DC, who else do I respect over there? Um, <laughs> Virginia, uh, hey, hey, I've been watching too much Winning Time. But uh, we have like this thing where we're gonna like, this is how we show like a love language with our, our close friends, our family members, like this is how we banter. Yeah. Hey, we're gonna do that, right? And I think this is like a good, like we're talking energy. First 10, 15 minutes, we yeah, had good energy, ripped it, 
flying to LA. He's starting to get a different color scheme because of jazz. He comes to he's so plentiful with the color, how we're shooting it, what is the dynamic around the situation, how's everyone dressed up. I think he even said, uh, made a joke of like, this feels like the Rock Nation brunch when he was seeing the, yep. the party and stuff like that. So now we're getting to a point of like, he's starting to feel himself around the situation. He's not comfortable yet. It's going to take him a couple of episodes to be comfortable, mm-hmm. but he's finding his anchors, right? He's going to have a good relationship with Hillary. He's going to have a good relationship with Lisa. Throwing right back to you. Who does he see? Uh, and who do we see coming? Incoming Evil Carlton. Yeah, so is is so he has a little banter, like, why are you wearing clothes? And then uh, Will says the whole thing of like, well, I mean, you can't fit him. So Hillary made some joke about <laughs> your growth spurt never happened. Yeah, I was like, she said that. He said, like, bar for bar, flow for flow. He wasn't changing it up. He's like, look, she just gave it to me. I look good in it. It's good to see you. And of course, Carlton is the only one asking kind of like the right questions, even in his anti. He's not even a villain. He's an anti-hero. He's basically kind of moving from his own, like, I don't know why you're here. I haven't seen you in ages. <laughs> but I'm like, you just you just popped up and everyone's happy to see you, but nobody's asking why. And I'm going to ask questions. I'm like, I'm why screaming. are you here? Because side note, real quick for the audience, I need y'all to know. When we were on Twitter the entire time, I'm dragging Evil Carlton. I swear, it is always Howard who's like, yeah, but wait for the dynamic. Wait, but they're going to get better. I said, this. if there's anything true that you need to know about Skip, he is always going to be the one who's a little bit more empathetic towards the characters that everybody loves. Bro, <laughs> come on, bro. Like, do I, do I like Carlton in the beginning of the season, even when I'm watching this? No, but if we're looking at the how they had to build their bond, it's very similar yeah. to OG. Because OG was like, everyone was excited just in the OG brand. And Carlton was just like, no, I don't no, like this guy. I run this house. Who are you, right? I'm the man. I'm the prince of the I'm house. The man. I'm the prince of the house. I'm like the man of the house. And you just came in. Nobody's asking why he's here. So like their relationship was supposed to be rocky. It, w- it wouldn't have been believable if they were like chummy best buddies right. from the beginning. And I feel like... When we get a particular part of the season, I think like the halfway point or like closer to the end point of season one, we'll kind of get to that point of they're going to have to go through the growing frame. So like mm-hmm. Carlson was kind of like right under his dad of like being that guy in the house and he never had like a brother figure. So even jokes that, hey, I've always wanted a brother, right? He's When he's joking with um, Hillary and Ashley really when they were like in the game room, he's like, yeah, I always wanted a brother. But he in his mind, he thinks he's like, he'll be the alpha of the relationship because of how he is at school and stuff like that mm-hmm. so it's interesting to see like they're back and forth and we're seeing what could be when they kind of get along when they get along it's very bad analogy and the show's okay but it's kind of like empire the, the show empire is only good when the three brothers get along and that's very rare it's when they get rare. along it's a very <laughs> it's a beautiful show for like the five minutes per episode that they get along. But when they don't get along, it is a terrible show. It is the worst shows I've ever had to watch. So I feel like I've always told people, look, we hate Carlton. I I agree with you. And just like how people hated Kevin in This Is Us. And I was one of the few people that no matter how bad Kevin got, there was some glimpses It's like, hey guys, but he's getting a little better. It's like, how? shut up. He's like, he's getting a little better, guys. Carlton's gonna go through that same thing Mm -hmm. eventually. I didn't want to admit it when we got to that point. I said, damn, I don't even want to tweet this right now. <laughs> Man, look, listen, I know that's why y'all were quiet, but um, I think to me, one of the best intros and, and the dynamics that we have to pay attention to is Uncle Phil and, and Will. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, Uncle Phil does the thing that he's legally not supposed to do when it comes to his code of ethics and all that stuff. And stuff. He pulls a lot of strength to make sure that Will's safe because of this thing that him and all of them allude to when it comes to really knowing... <laughs> 
like the what happened with Will's dad. So right. they feel kind of like deeply invested in this. So this is a an ongoing secret that will be obviously we watch season one, but we'll talk about it when it comes up. This is kind of like a part of why they're going so hard to try to protect Will, why they're trying to look out for him, because they have that understanding of they know Will's mom, lovely woman, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Viv's sister. But when it comes to his dad, he's a he's a more of a a wild card. And of course, yeah. DNA wise, you're going to inherit from both sides of the family. So when when Will is being himself, just you know, just introducing himself to Uncle Phil and his colleagues, like the uh, the head of police and that lawyer, not lawyer, the the judge, uh, Uncle Lisa's Phil. Dad. Yeah, so Lisa's dad is the head of police head of the LA police and then the, the lawyer, I mean, not the lawyer, the judge, that one that helps Uncle Phil. He's being his charismatic self, but that works in an East Coast city of him joking around and just being like, this is a very uppity, you know, Jack and Jill, like these like hidden societies of right. like, of black excellence. And they're not really with the rah-rah. They're with the, if we're going to spend money, we're going to do this in a very sophisticated way. So mm-hmm. we can already feel like the oil and water effect of Will's trying to be himself in this world. And Uncle Phil has to save him from saying too much uh, because then, you know, he's going to get people just kind of like looking too close to the situation. Questions. Yeah. Yeah. Now that that introduction, man, it just bothered me. It bothered me, bothered me, bothered me. Because <laughs> I'm like, so nobody talked to Will on his way here. Nobody like nope. was ready to like prep him for like what not to say and just like keep it cool until everybody leaves. Like, and also partly Will read a room. Ain't nobody trying to hear all that. But <laughs> I said, y'all set this kid up for failure. Absolutely. Like, he's excited to see family he hasn't seen in a long time. He's also wanting to express like his gratitude to his uncle and everything that he's done. But in that moment, Uncle Phil's just like, why is he still talking? Shut up. And I feel, I said Jeffrey came at the right time. <laughs> Look, Jeffrey is, Will's kind of like one of his angels. And he's like, he's, he, I think he peeped it from a distance. He's like, I'm going to go over there and say this boy. So I think mm-hmm. that's something that we're going to probably see on a consistent basis between, I, I feel like when we look at the OG relationship, it was more so focused on Will and, Will and Uncle Phil. Yep. And we had moments where Jeffrey was able to like give wisdom to the kids, right? Mm-hmm. I think now as we see this progress, it's gonna be a lot of like Uncle Phil and Will and Jeffrey and Will. Because a lot of I think yeah. of the family, I think Jeffrey gets to talk to Will like in a in a different way because he's always on the outside looking in. So now that he has someone else that he looks at kind of like similar to his son, right? Mm-hmm. Or his children, um, he's like I can see kind of like myself in you. That's the reason why I'm gonna be very protective. So that's yeah. why he goes in save say will before like you know uncle phil has to go talk to him like about you know my rules and stuff like that nah facts and that's ooh man because like even once you like brought that piece in and then right after he gets away then we get introduced to the final cousin ashley mm-hmm. she's like cousin will da, 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 da. and she like bum rushes into him and <clears throat> I think there's also like this space of like adoration that she has for Will off rip, right? Like this is her big cousin. Somebody else is here. There's a fresh perspective in the house. I thought the introduction to Hillary was just like, it was real cute. But then immediately I said, oh, she's a social justice oriented one right away. So now she's like the big, here's right and wrong right away. So I was just like, oh, this is interesting. 
But also, she doesn't have too many speaking lines in this episode. Like, it's pretty much that. And then she runs off to find Hillary somewhere. <laughs> Which is like... I mean, I think this is something, some feedback that we did have for season one. But that's rectified in season two. Like, I think right. season one, they had... Their job was to really... To showcase Will, Carlton, mm-hmm. Uncle Phil, Aunt Viv, and Hillary. So yeah. to the back, like Jazz, uh, Jeffrey and Ashley because there's only so many stories that you can really work on like their stories are kind of like setups for season two so like season one we had to kind of get these bigger stories and players going before we were able to like hyper focus on the other characters where we push them to the front and other people can like intermingle with their stories to push them forward right so I kind of figured yeah Ashley's not gonna get that much time she's gonna be cute and cuddly to the side and then until she kind of gets uh her own focus later on and well she gets a little bit more appearances, but she's not seen the most. Like she's the youngest, right. so which makes sense. Your child cousin, labor laws. That's okay. <laughs> uh, but I was gonna say because of like the big gap in age, she's not gonna be chilling with her older cousins because it's kind of like the older cousin, younger cousin thing at Thanksgiving. Some of them, your cousins might, might do drugs. They're gonna do. The, they're gonna do the walk. Every family has a walk. My favorite cousin. If you're walk. too little. Yeah, if you're too little, you're not. You're not allowed to do the walk with us, right? And until you're old enough to get to that point. It's always going to be like that kind of like dynamic of you're going to look at your older brother and sister and your older cousin. And this is because you can't sit at the big table yet. And they're allowed this type of thing. So I think as we're getting to like, as we're speaking right now, we're getting to like the halfway point, like the three quarters point of the episode of now we're seeing like the party's over. Will's well, back before the part, before the party's over, remember... Right. Um, Uncle Phil is giving a speech as to why everybody's here. Oh, yeah. And then Will's kind of like, yeah. 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 And he's just like, oh, I'm going to help out, like, the Black kids and the poor urban cities and this, that, and the third. And if that's Will's real first time, like, hearing what this is about, I had to side-eye Uncle Phil once again. Because I looked and I said... Do you realize how your words are currently impacting somebody that you brought here and now you're running your mission right on that? And then Will's essentially the mascot of like what you're running on? Crazy. <laughs> and so, like, even in that moment, he had to realize like there is a public persona and a public mission that somebody may have. And is he simply a pawn in this story in order for Uncle Phil to get what he needs to? Yeah. And so I thought that piece was like an interesting space that made me have to question like, you know, Uncle Phil, I don't know how I feel about you right now. I'm going to be honest. You Like, you're awkward, off rip. But, like, I think that was, like, important for him to see, like, this is the game or role that everybody has decided to play into. So they have to dress up. They can't be their full selves. They need to make sure that they are all behind Uncle Phil and show a united front, whether that's who they want to be or not. And so I think even that moment in time was, like, another realization of just, like, there's a game to be played here. And if I'm my most authentic self, will I be able to succeed in this game? Yeah. And also like even seeing how uncle Phil looks at the campaign where he says my campaign and on this says our campaign, because the whole family, we're part of it. It's a team effort. Right. So it was kind of like seeing some of the, it shows us a lot of things when it comes to the faults of uncle Phil. And I think me and um, he's talked about, uh, Uncle Phil in season two, and we will talk about him in season two because there's a lot of things that make me just want to just shake him. 
Yeah, and but we're seeing the signs. Like when we're watching, I'm just like, mm, I see it. Like it's kind of like some of the things that a lot of like men had this thing about that chip on the shoulder that we see with Will in West Philly. It's like, I gotta prove I'm a big man, and and that mm-hmm. doesn't doesn't go away. It's like it just probably manifests itself in different ways. So it's very important to see that. And um, I think after party over, is that when he kind of gets that call from Trey and he wants to run away again? At this point, it happens with the space the spot and then does it switch right away to oh shoot did it switch right so remember, away this there's two important conversations right the first conversation because i think this happens in episode one where he's crying because we see a particular person get shot right but the first conversation is he's like getting a call from trey like hey what's going on and he's like this happened so quickly i got mm-hmm. shifted to la they got me doing all these things da 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 and then trey is like all right but Rashad's looking for us. This is before he gets like jumped and stuff yep. like that. And it's like, hey, um, what's going on? Blase, blase. Like you kind of yep. have to come back and fix this, right? So this is where like, you know, the past, like the Philly thing, like this happened immediately. Like, look, Will is kind of worried about his, his best friend and he's yep. trying to figure out how to get out. So he does like this really horrible rendition of like a Tom Cruise Mission Impossible thing. Try to, yep. throw, try to climb over the big gate and ja- Jazz is waiting for him. He's like, what in the what in the world? You climb over the gate Damn. and they're trying to have a have a conversation and in like seconds, uh, Jeffrey and Uncle Fuller there is like, where are you going? Well, you you're already home. You're already what home. Are you what, are you, what are you doing? And it's like, do you not realize that there's mad cameras on the compound? Yeah, like, why would you? Why would you think that this is gonna work out so easily, right? Um, and I think when he comes back in the house, because I know they had two conversations. The first conversation before him, like leaving, was like, "You got to respect my rules and all that stuff." Yeah, and he gets Ooh. mad. So he does that. But then the second conversation with the whole early kind of like people don't want him and he's crying and stuff. It's like we're, I feel like they they had to throw a lot in this first episode to get people in different kind of like emotional bags for yep. us to get connected. Because like that's a conversation that's been happening for a long time in the OG like Fresh Prince, and like this is yep. just like. We see the elements of Uncle Phil actually caring for him. It's like, how does it kind of leak out? And I think this is what we're still going to be annoyed with Uncle Phil for duration of these seasons. But I think we're starting to see like the initial kind of like seed of them kind of like building towards it. So I know we kind of jumped around between those two conversations, like that first conversation with respect to my rules and everything's okay. And then the second one where he starts to leave, he wants to leave and he starts tearing up. But throwing back to you, like those are important conversations for this episode. So No, I I agree that those are important conversations for the episode because it also, it's also like showing like the level of buy-in and makes you question like how much of a conversation was really had. But in, and again, it's all happened in a matter of like 12 hours, right? Like, everybody's life completely switched based off of will's decision at the beginning of the episode and then aunt viv is just like we owe it to him we owe it to him and so like even hearing that part of the conversation is just like uncle phil is definitely giving will like the cinderella treatment in a little bit and i might not be that it might not be that deep but in my mind i said it's given like that's your family that's not my family (laughs) i ain't got to take care of that's not my blood and so yeah. that's how I remember watching it for the first time. I'm just like, yo, Uncle Phil is cold. Like, he reminds me of a actual, like, he is a, truly a politician at home and in public. Like, that is who he is. And so I think these conversations are, like, super necessary. But after he's just like, these are my rules. It's like the space that you're in. Why don't they want me? X, Y, and Z. The next day, 
we're now introduced to Will having to get to know some people. And this is where now Aunt Viv and um, Uncle Phil's um, decisions now impact somebody who didn't want to be a willing participant in this piece either, right? And so now Carlton is asked to um, drive Will around. Hold on, wait, did he have to take him to the party or did so he have like, to take no, him no, to no. campus so to the lacrosse? Because I don't like how, how it is, how they cut it. So this is when they told that Will's going to start school on Monday. It's like a Thursday or Friday. So when he came in, I think it was like a thing where it, like Carlson was going to practice and he was just kind of like walking around. This is when he had the Allen Iverson jersey. So again, yes, Allen Iverson. Obviously, yeah, so uh, Carlton was going to lacrosse practice, so he's just walking around, so he's on the field. Oh, yes. and this is where someone just randomly talks to Carlton, some girl. He's like, I run this this school, so of course, someone says something again where he's like, I'm running it. So, Will Smith is thinking about it in the back of his mind, it's like, I'm gonna take this man's crown, I'm okay. Mm -hmm. So, for some reason, I don't even know how that, that complex is, but he's able to beeline and look for the goddamn pools to see that Lisa's over there, and he just goes over there. Had a stopwatch and said, I think it's 22.96. I think that was like a very important time for the Olympic yep. trial. So she at first was just like, first of all, why are you here? Then she's like, what did you say? And he's like, yeah, you're 22.96. Um, and she was, you know, wow, this is great. And it's like, why don't you come in here with me? It's like, nah, this is my steez. I don't, I don't swim. And it's like, again, yeah, foreshadowing. Why don't you get in here? And it's like, oh, this man's gonna touch water soon. He's gonna uh -huh. touch water real soon. Uh -huh. He's like, no, nah, this is not my steez. He's like, oh, it's gonna be your steez real quick, boy. It's gonna be real quick. And I think when we're re-watching re this show, it's pretty cool, like, because we already know what things happen. It's like, I see the direction that these people did, not only the director, but the writers. And it's just yep. like, you, you did this on purpose. So right. <laughs> um, I think for me, the only thing I don't like about the dynamic between Will and, and Lisa, and I think it's just because of how I grew up with my cousins. I just feel weird talking to anybody that like my family dated, right? And I know yeah. that Will and Carlton aren't close, but for me, it's like, I just have different rules. So I, I think the choice of having like Lisa be Carlton X, I understand it for like what they're doing with the world building, right? Cause it's like right. it shortens the degrees of separation and just makes it easier. But like Will kind of like continuing, he's kind of like a grimy and look, I know West Philly and like Philadelphia in general, like East Coast cities. Go ahead, go ahead, watch we try to get what we want, right? You know, right. <laughs> we want what no, we can't I mean, have. <laughs> look, look, look. We try to get what we want, like you know. But like, like the family, like I, I don't make it seem like East Coast people are sleazy. We gonna get what we want, but we have rules. And even if it's like my cousin, if I even if I think he's lame, it's just like I still family. So I think yeah. the the issue that they had is because of like the the love interest thing, and and, and you know Lisa's kind of like in the new swag, and but of course mm -hmm. she didn't know. At that time, that that was Carlton's cousin until the dressed-up party, and it was like, oh, but and she's still he's still trying to talk to me, so you know, she her interest is peaked. Right. But it's, it's very interesting, like what's going on right now with like the party that's being mentioned. And of course, when Will goes to pick him up later from the practice or cross practice, they're playing. Um, was it hot nigga? Hot nigga. Yeah, and and I know Keys did that on purpose because you know there's a lot of people in that room that weren't niggas. It was that using one, a word. There was just one nigga in that room. There was only the one. And I think I had to write that down of white people saying the N-word always grinds my gears. It's just it just gives me hives because what we're realizing with Carlton and Will is just Carlton is because he's so in proximity to whiteness, he doesn't see the issue 
of certain things that someone that's in the hood is just like, at no point can anybody that's not black use the N-word. And it's like, well, the rappers are saying it to the kids that are getting the music. These motherfuckers not white. These people, I mean, we're not white. We're black. These people that are non-black, don't give a fuck about this. They're not using this in the way that we use this. And yeah. I don't use the N-word as much. I probably use bro and bruv and, and, and all that stuff to replace it. But if I want to call you the N-word in a like an endearing type of way, we've earned that. Okay. Yeah. Like, even if we're like, you know, Southern black, like Caribbean black, like that's how we talk to each other right. yeah. in a endearing way. Y'all made this word in a horrible way. Y'all should never say this word. And it's like, oh. like and Carlton not like getting that is a very interesting thing of like socioeconomic divisions that happen. I'm glad, I'm glad you said it. I'm glad you said it because that's what I put. I said pure nonsense. I said class does not equal culture. Um, and it's funny because I watched that scene again and it took me back to when I went when I was in college. And this is why, like, low key, I have a soft spot for Will because I said I understand like going from the hood and then going to a PWI where you're meeting everybody of different classes. There's etiquette. Like I ain't know about like spoons and like you got to work your way in when you're at like these fancy dinners and whatnot. But it had reminded me of when I went to um, Robert Morris University and we were visiting some people and it was like a theater type situation, a bunch of theater kids. And my only connection there was the other black guy. And he grew up, you know, a little middle-class-ish. And I went to there and there was like some theater song and they said something, 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 some nigga. And I said, what? And everybody looked at me and I said, why are you saying this, bro? And so like, when I saw that scene, I said, damn, this is honestly stuff that happens in real life. Like going to a PWI, people don't care because their money shields them. But then, and this is the piece where annoyed Marquise is just like, you coon, like you should know better. You have all this money and still don't know any better. Are you dumb? Are you mad, bro? Are you mad? He said, are you dumb? Are you dumb? And then the other piece of me was just like, Carlton has made concessions in order to be the ruler of his school, the king of his school. And I said, what's a king without respect, bro? <laughs> and so like that scene to me, I said, yeah, nah, there is- He's more of a figurehead, just a quickly, yeah. not to throw you off. He's a figurehead. He's not someone that, I don't think people respect you. Like they, they, they'll put you up and they prop you up as like a figurehead. And it's not like something that was earned. It was something that you kind of like, groveled for you kind of like lessen yourself you kind of bend the knee to these people and it's it's not true respect it's not true uh regal nature mm -hmm. yeah and then just low-key uh question that came up for me i said what were your parents teaching you <laughs> and i know i should have just immediately said now i'm viv now i know you know better but <laughs> it did have me like question a little bit so for me I think that scene was like interesting, but that showed like the tension between class and race and like, where do you find yourself like deciding to be and that what choice are you going to make in that moment? Are you going to choose to be with your most, well, I guess both of them were being their authentic selves, but like, are you going to lean in with race solidarity, class solidarity? And that's always like a tension. Any kid or person who goes to a PWI for the first time and you experience that culture shock, you're going one of two ways. Mm -hmm. <laughs> We're going one of two ways. So, yeah. yeah so I, I'm, I think, like, even thinking about that, and they kind of got into that situation where 
uh yeah will says yo you're a clown bro like and i think even with that altercation that we're meeting uh connor connor's the white boy that we connor, have to, unfortunately, whatever his name is connor chad like you know clyde whatever not clyde's black name clyde's black name i will never disrespect clyde um and we're seeing like what 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 carlton's doing to like kind of like stay relevant but also it's like you know the intense growing like annoyance with each other as cousins because we're already seeing like it's easy for will to get along with hillary it's easy to get along with ashley because one you know they're women they're in a different world different space but they're not having to interact in similar uh circles because hillary has moved out she's in the beach house not the beach yep, house she like moved the, to the beach house the beach or house no. is like a little is it outhouse? The beach house. it's like the, the outhouse like that bigger house that she gets you because i think will inherited her room because she's no longer now she's like in that house in the back that's like because she's older and she's kind of like mm -hmm. working on her social media stuff and she's on a gap year i remember saying that because i think carlton was making fun of her because she's supposed to be the oldest so she's like 18 so she's a couple years older than uh will and carlton so she's kind of like figuring out with social media um but we're seeing because of like again there's a reason why we're seeing the ai jersey or seeing all these things because again I'm not just going around and just going with the rah-rah. Like, if it's dumb, it's dumb. And you guys think I'm going to, like, quietly deal with this? Like, nah. So Aunt Viv and Uncle Phil, to me, they didn't really handle these disagreements right. I don't think they, like, really sat them down and, like, really, like, did, like, proper mediation because this escalates really quick in the next couple of episodes of, like, if you just listen, be like, Carlton, you know you're not supposed to let the white people say anywhere. But they didn't really have that conversation. It was like, yo, y'all stop fussing and just get along. And I was like, this is dumb. This is horrible. I, yo, that was a piece of the writing that was just making me mad. Because I said, y'all keep blaming Will for a lot of this stuff. And like, I think Will was getting the short end of the stick for a little bit. And I was sitting, I was just like, yeah, y'all can both be wrong. But like, in this moment, like. It's more Carlton. Let's really talk around what is actually happening. Because Carlton was not putting an effort at all. And so it then became a question of just like, who's. Whose job is it to adjust? Is it Will's job to adjust because he's the one who is new here and he these are his consequences? Or is it Carlton who has to adjust in order to do this? And so I think that's where like that question can be. And we know like it's everybody's job to like do mm -hmm. this, but I do think they should have had more grace with any of the kids when this decision was made. And so I think yeah. that's also like another piece that I'm like interested in that I don't know was explored enough within like the first episode and i know it's yeah with the writing but, yeah this is yeah. so much that has to happen with them introducing everyone and like how does that work and of course you know later on will has like this thing of like this pseudo great idea of like look we don't gotta get along <laughs> we just gotta pretend that we get along of course he walks in on carlton doing drugs because i understand people don't lock their, their houses but how loud is your music that you can't hear the door open like i, I have so many questions but you left you the door open while you were doing drugs and you left your closet open where you were doing, are you that arrogant that you're just like, and that's when I thought Carlton was dumb. Like, yeah. you did that on your own. You want to get caught. No, I don't think you want to get caught. I just think you know, these black elites, I don't live their life, but he says, well, I find funny. He's like, do people knock in Philly? And it's like, bro, you literally had earpods, not earpods, like earbuds in both your ears playing music that even if I knocked, you probably wouldn't hear me. I'd have to knock really loud. Because first of all, why are you doing drugs with both of your ear, like, ears occupied? Like I feel like the smart thing is to have one of them occupied. But you know what? That's their writing thing that we're going to do. It's not a heavy critique. It's like, 
bro, if I'm doing illegal substances in my house, I'm not trying to make sure I can't hear what's going on around me, but whatever. And they talk. Carlton's like, wow, this is probably a good idea. And they are going to the party together. And looking at this, I was like, we are set up to fail. We were set up to fail. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't know it, but we know it. We we're set up to fail. And I was like, this is a terrible idea because y'all don't really like each other. Like at bare minimum, like you tolerate each other's existence. And there's a lot of things that haven't been discussed. <sighs> the car ride looked like they were having a good time talking to each other, right? But I said, oh, a glimmer of hope, a glimmer of hope. But we were fucking mistaken. Like, what 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 happens with the party? What what do we see at the because the party like the last 10, 15 minutes of the episode, and that's before we transition to episode two. Right. But yo, bro, what happens? Yeah, so then we get to the party. And in the party, we are seeing the music, it's lit up, everybody's having a time. Carlton doing the drugs. And then Will don't know anybody. The only other person he knows at this party is who? Lisa. And so they're having a conversation. So we see a little bit of a montage of them getting into their conversations. I think next scene we cut into uh, Lisa and Will talking. And that's when Lisa is just like, I'm actually here on scholarship. (laughs) And so I got to be the best of the best because of me being on a scholarship. And everybody has to remind her about this thing as well. So I think that for me was also like a really cool conversation in that moment, because now this to me symbols like why Will felt comfortable around Lisa, because she once like how you had put earlier, she's not like the rest of these other people. She's not, she's not the Bel Air, like bougie, not Hillary, the Bel Air princess, none of that. Right. She's not using any of this. I'm here on a scholarship. I have to be the best of the best in order to maintain my scholarship because everybody else knows that I don't have the money to really be here. And so I think that was like a moment where those two were able to bond because they both feel like outsiders, even though they're both present and have the opportunity to be in this space. So I thought that was like a really small conversation, but speaks to a larger thing that I think where Will and Lisa actually parallel in this moment. Yeah. And I think in addition to that parallels, what kind of makes it makes me wonder as we kind of like uncover, that's the best way to say it, more of Carlton dating Lisa and like why it didn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, even though like Lisa is like a friend of the family and we all have friends of the family that are in different social and economical states, like there are people that make more money than us, same money as our family, or maybe a little bit less than us. It doesn't change how we should interact with the two because they are people that matter to us. But like, did he really understand her? And I think that's the most important thing, especially when it comes to more masculine people in their relationship dynamics with whoever their partner is, whatever the mm-hmm. gender identity is. A lot of times, the person that's supposed to be leading the relationship, <laughs> uh, you gotta be. <laughs> you you have to understand yep. um, the other person's perspective. Like, and I think for us, as we're looking at these characters, kind of like understand their identity, kind of grow along the times. There's a reason why it's easier for Lisa to actually probably even show up at, in a version of herself that she wasn't allowed to, as you just say with other people, because these people got money, man. And I think that's a, that's a difficult thing because when you're around people that have money, you have to play pretend because yeah. everything is about like, like the visuals, right? And I think when we're getting back to the party and uh, Carlton's having the conversation with I don't know his name, Connor or Chad. I always, Chad. it's probably, we're going to do this for the rest of the time. I don't respect that it's white fine. boy. And, and there's no, <laughs> there is no reason to respect him. Like, 
nah. But he's trying to gas Carlton up, be like, yo, you can get Lisa. She's looking good, all that type of stuff. And he's listening to this white man's advice. And it's like, ladies and gentlemen of the court, if you're black, please don't take any advice from anybody that's not that's not black, because they will lead you to failure. And he's like, yeah, I think you can do it. It's like, you think you think I, I can? It's like, this is the most terrible pep talk ever. This is the anti-Rocky Creed conversation, bro. You're not doing a good job pepping this man up. It's horrible. You know it's horrible. It keeps you never got to talk. You can't do what the white people do. Damn. You can't do it. What are you doing? Yo, yeah, because then at that point, yo, okay. Because now like, we're going to move into like the party. The party. Still We've seen on. all the mm-hmm. Yeah, and now Will and Lisa are dancing together. They're having a good time, X, Y, and Z. He's teaching her how to fake me out, Millie Rock, whatever he was trying to do type situation. And Carlton, he's finishing up his last bump, but he's looking over. The first time I watched this, I don't know why I thought... Carlton hallucinated them kissing. I mean, from his perspective, it looked like they were kissing. They were like right. really close and stuff like that. I think from the actual perspective, they were just closely talking. Yeah. I don't think they, they didn't kiss each other at that party. So it also, which is why we do rewatches and we okay. do these recaps. They never kissed. No. They don't kiss till like later in the season. So it's like what drugs do to alter your perception of what you see and kind of like what happened right to what you think happened right and what you think happened kind of got his you know blood boiling and had him doing some fuck shit but i'm just like bro they did not kiss it looked from a distance that he kissed but this happened right this having a conversation i'm like why are you like this carlton but it's the drugs it's, it's the yep. drugs and then they that white boy put that battery in his back and what did the drugs and carlton decide to do he shoved our king, boy. He had to push Will into the water, and it came full circle. I don't bang with the water. Oh, you surely don't bang with it now. He pushes Will into the pool. Will cannot swim, and we have this moment that mm-hmm. brings it back for the first for the first opening sequence. That crown is falling. Will is falling. That chair, his throne is there. He's not connected to any of it in this scene. No, he is not close to the throne. The crown has drifted far away from him. Mm-hmm. And he is not a king right now. He he He's in a new dynamic where it's like, bro, you are not royalty. You, nobody respects you. And I think it's very interesting how they like close the loop where in, in the, the opening sequence, we have such a confident, such a strong present will. And now it's just like the foundation is gone. The, the throne room is flooded. Yep. And, you know, luckily in that dynamic, uh, Lisa, who is a, a strong swimmer, goes to save Will. But we're seeing like, man, this is, we don't got King Will right now. We don't even have Prince Will right now. So we're trying to figure out where he's trying to be. And um, we kind of end the episode there where he kind of like gets out and gets out of water. Carlton says he's just playing around. He wants attention. Will Chad quickly pieces up. He chatter, fucking cable, whatever he wants. He's, he's got punch. He's off screen real fast. Fastest punch sequence all here. <laughs> he dropped real quick. Real and then quick. he gets up into Carlton's face and you kind of, before they cut to like the credits real quick, he does his motion where he probably rocks the hell out of Carlton. And um, that's like the end of our, our first episode of season yeah, yeah. one. So a, a lot happened. So I just want to throw this back to Keith, man. So, you know, we, we get Philly for like a good quick 10, 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. We're in a lot of different parts of Bel Air. We see a lot of situations in Bel Air. We see... Um, 
the house when it comes to the party we see their rendition of Bel Air High School or like this big campus yep. um we see uh Connor's house when it comes to like how they live with these big grandiose spectacles so we're seeing different parts of Bel Air as we're kind of like combing through the scene and so we've seen a lot in the first episode so like how do you feel like because you were seeing like the transitions from Philly to LA like what are we feeling right now with the the setting yeah yo I think the the setting in itself was interesting because I feel like the world opened up like the setting felt very close very familiar very warm and inviting but with like this air of like danger around like there was always symbols of danger no matter what and just a questioning and then when we go to bel-air i'm like yo the world it feels like there's so many wide shots it expanded we're seeing the big view all of it um but it's a whole new world <laughs> it's an unfamiliar money-driven transactional world that they live in and so for me i think as symmetrical as the world of bel-air is it is the people who play in that symmetry that just throw everything off. And so for now, I'm just like, there is a um, colorful yet muted piece of Bel Air that just, it leaves me feeling weary, but it's also just cause like that, I know that's a space that's unfamiliar to me personally as well. Yeah, I, I think, I like what you said when everything's symmetrical, cause I think the thing that, and I've only been in LA for like a day because actually as I record this today is my best friend's birthday. So after we finish recording, I must scurry to like his uh, his birthday thing. But when we went like a year or two ago to like, we went to wherever they do like Coachella. So we're staying there, out there. Yeah. And then we drove into LA. I feel like I couldn't live in LA because I, and the reason why I say this, like I, I've always seen myself living in like New York or Philadelphia because one AI, I even have an AI tattoo on my freaking left arm. This is new. I'm going to oh, get another AI quote on my, come on now. AI's influences all over the place. Um, but everything's symmetrical, but everyone isn't themselves. And I think yeah. that's something that we're going to learn when we're going through the, uh, through the thing, because even when um, Hillary was mentioning the hot, the, the cuisine was that the hot cuisine hot well she cuisine. doesn't talk about it too much she, she she alludes to it when she has to make something for will because that's really covered in episode two mm. but um it's like that weird dynamic we're gonna see with uh will and um aunt viv and like you know again actually nobody gives a fuck about it. she just goes to school and she's she's out the way but like everyone's dynamic is like who are you in this family dynamic and mm. are you playing like the role properly how we want you to play and not being yourself right so when we get to like really unpack why Carlton's doing drugs, why he's doing all these things, why is everyone showing up the way they do? I think this episode kind of like Janet's packing and like we do have like this lightning in a bottle effect of like this is going to be a good thing when everyone's on the same page. But right now, nobody's on the same page. And I uh -oh. think when we get to like episode two is going to be something interesting as we kind of like oh, yeah. come through. But we're going to be learning more about it. So uh I'm excited. I think getting to rewatch this episode, it kind of brings me back to what I loved about Bel Air in the first place. You know, before that, that fan made uh, trailer about the showrunner of this this place and and how we're gonna be combing through season one together, me and me and Marquise. Um, it's gonna be interesting. We're gonna have a lot of again. This is the only time I'm not gonna have a star system. I'm gonna be very freaking honest <laughs> okay. after that because we just it's a lot that happened. But I'm gonna throw it back to. 
Actually, I'm going to do my outro first because head honcho, he's going to be doing it. So if you didn't know who I am, my name is Skip from BK. Um, I'm that on every social media platform, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, which I never check. Uh, everything on TikTok. I'm going to try to get some more stuff on. Um, I do have other podcasts right now. Skip Chronicles. We're going to have some more episodes. That's just a, a solo podcast. We're going to have Dreams Money Can Buy coming back in 2024. I have the list of people I got to interview. You know, I'm going to have to make a trip to Philly in the future for my boy. I finally figured out a way to like travel with my stuff on the go. So we're going to be able to like film in future uh, seasons in other cities. So we're going to do that. But, you know, I want to throw it back to my A mic, my leader right now. So give it away, my maestro. Ah, you already know what it is. Um, This is Marquise Davon across all social media platform. M-A-R-Q-U-I-S-E-D-A-V-O-N. Um, you'll find me TikTok random. I'm very unserious on TikTok. Man of the Twitter streets. Find me on Instagram. Some fun photos, video, you know. Um, also the host of Keeping It the Bean as well, which is a cooler, relaxed version of me, not overly produced. Still talking about social justice issues here and there, but I get to indulge in some good, authentic storytelling with some of my favorite humans that I get to just interact with every day. So you get to see a little bit more of a personal side of me. Um, and other than that, I run an event in Philly called Due Diligence, which is going to be happening for the next three months. Okay. And then we'll take a break for the holiday and we'll be back in 2024. Um, but we do a deep dive into local artists, um, their albums and their bodies of work and their creative process as well. So if you're interested in any of that and you have to find yourself in Philly, come through. We're on the last Thursday of every single month is how we run that event. So gang, gang. But that's me. That's Skip. This is heavy is the crown your favorite bel-air recap deep dive support group <laughs> we are, right? so we're trying to get okay. that we're trying to get that bel-air hive you dig let them know okay so nah bro i'm happy about this first episode i had such a good time recording this piece um and i'm excited for the rest of this season to unpack because i'm just like all right where are the spots we gonna disagree at where are the spots we gonna agree on and kind of go from there. So I'm here for it. I'm happy about the rewatch as well. So we here. We here, boys. Let's stick around with this. All righty. Peace.